Heyo, welcome to another episode of Fanboys Book Club. This is episode 16, and I am your fanboy, Eric. Today I'm going to be talking about Elliot Confidential and In Cold Blood, which are both crime uh, novels, crime mystery novels. So before I get started, I did want to say that currently Gamerish is now on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. If you're listening to this on podcast, we are now on YouTube. Uh, and I am going to attempt to put on all the earlier episodes of Fanboy Book Club on YouTube. Uh, what else did I have to say? This is uh, probably going to be the last episode for a while since uh, I'm just starting a book now, which is a Harry Potter book. And I'm probably not going to do another episode until I finish two books. So, so the first book is LA Confidential, which came out in 1990, and it is 496 pages long. LA Confidential was written by James Elroy, who was, you know, famous for writing crime novels. In fact, his mother was murdered, and he kind of turned that story into a crime novel. Uh, he wrote The Black Dahlia, which became a movie, which was based on a true story. So this is about L.A. in the 50s, and it's about a, it, it involves different L.A. police department, like different detectives within the police department. Kind of a little difficult to explain because it deals with so many different characters. Uh, mostly it, there's three protagonists, uh, Edmund, who's like the son of a legendary detective, who's like the straight and narrow cop. And uh, there's Bud, who's the complete opposite of Edmund, who kind of, kind of goes past the boundaries of what he should be doing as a cop, kind of bends the rules, if you will. And then there's Jack, and Jack is the kind of cop who just looks for publicity. Uh, he wants to be famous, basically. And so he does a lot of um, busting of celebrities or pseudo-celebrities or C-list celebrities. And he kind of has like a, uh, he has a partnership with a CD journalist, you know, like a celebrity gossip journalist. So it starts off with the three of them all being under the same command. And there's a uh, controversy that happens where a bunch of Mexican uh, uh, criminals in, in the jail are beaten up by a bunch of cops. And so Edmund pretty much rats out his fellow cops. And so that creates a long feud between him and Edmund and him and other cops in general, uh, him and Bud and other cops in general. So you kind of see these three lives, the trajectories of their lives and their careers go off. Meanwhile, a few years later, the book takes place in the 50s, but it's, it goes, it spans years. And then a crime happens, a really brutal crime, where a bunch of people are murdered in a diner. And that takes up 
a lot of the characters' lives. I mean, it, it takes up, you know, it, it takes years for it to be solved. And it revolves around the three, three characters' lives and their careers throughout for years. There's a lot of like ripples that this crime creates and it, um, it changes the characters. Cause again, like Edmund starts off as straight and arrow and then he kind of finds something that uh, questions everything he believes in and all the morals that he believes in. And then Bud, Bud is pretty much a a bruiser. He's pretty much a knuckle, like a, a meathead. And this crime teaches him, first of all, he starts to fall in love because of the crime. He fall, finds somebody that he falls in love with. And it teaches him how to be a cop. And it teaches him how to be a detective. Because really, he's just used for his brutality and his strength. But then he starts to learn that there's more than that in being a cop. And then the the third character, Jack, who is also a consultant for a Hollywood TV show, like cop show. His life really just starts to go downward because he stumbles upon this big conspiracy. And again, it, it, this, and everything's connected. Everything's connected. You don't know that off the bat, but you start to realize that everything's connected. And I had previously read a book called Inherent Vice, and I thought that book was a mess. And I kept comparing LA Confidential with Inherent Vice because I read them uh, back to back. Well, not back to back, I read Fletch in between, but pretty much back to back. And I kept comparing the two because Elliot Confidential did what Inherent Vice couldn't do. I had all these characters and everything was connected, but it was nuanced. It was, it was layered. I felt like Elliot Confidential was very similar to a Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones, obviously without it being fantasy. But the fact that it, it creates this immersive world with all these characters and you get to feel for them and you, you learn about them and they grow. They grow like people grow. And even though there's so many characters and pretty much everything was connected, it's not bogged down. It's not incoherent and it's not confusing. Unlike Inherent Vice where every few issues I mean, every few uh, pages, we were introduced to a new character and then we didn't see that character for like 10 to 20 pages. And then they'd pop back up and you forget who they were. I like Confidential's not like that. Everything inter interwines, interweans, and, and there's consequences for things that happen. So like I said, the cops, you know, they are, there's police brutality with, you know, with these uh, Mexican prisoners. And that creates these ripples, consequences. And it changes everyone's lives because of it. Some for the better and some for the worse. 
And then when this, this crime, this diner massacre happens, which becomes like big news, like everyone wants someone to, to pay for the crimes. And they end up getting, they end up convicting some people, but they not, might, might not be responsible for it. So it becomes this really big mystery. The only problem I have with the book is the person responsible for it is not, he doesn't get what he deserves. In fact, he goes free. But the knowledge of him being guilty remains. You know, the, uh, some of the main characters know what he did and vow not to let him get away with it. But as the book ends, he does. And that's because that this is part of like a trilogy. But it was really compelling. It was such a great book. And I mean, I had such a great time reading this. This is a... I actually gave this a five out of five. And when I compared my notes and compared the other books that I had read, I hadn't given a five out of five since I read The Handmaid's Tale, which was the 21st book I read, which technically it could have been Dune, but I didn't. It was the 21st book I read and this was only confidential, which was the 31st. So it took me 10 books to finally get to something that I would give it a five out of five. Uh, and so, yeah, I really, really loved this book. And I actually see myself reading it again. Now, it was turned into a movie, a very famous movie, in fact. It was 1993. And uh, it you know, went on to, like, I think it was nominated for nine Academy Awards. And Kim Basinger won a Golden Globe and Academy Award for her performance. Uh, it was directed by Curtis Hansen who also did uh, Live or Die Trying. I think that's the name of the Food Descent movie. Anyway, I have not seen the movie, uh, but I kind of want to. But I do know that they changed things from the book to the movie. It stars Russell Crowe and Kai Pierce and Jim uh, Spacey and Jim Basinger and Danny DeVito. Anyway, I'm interested in it. Apparently, they did a 2003 TV pilot, but the pilot wasn't picked up. I kind of like to see that. They were going to make a show out of it. And then I think in 2018, they did another one, but that didn't go well. They tried to make this into a TV show twice since the movie, and it didn't work. Anyway, I do want to see the movie one day, but I don't think it will, because I've read the plot of the movie. And they definitely, they got characters, they changed things. The book was just, was, was great. It really was a great book. I highly recommend it, LA Confidential. So before I go into the next book, I do want to mention that, you know, which I should have said in the beginning, I am not no, typically a avid reader, but one day I decided to just start reading what was considered some of the greatest books or novels of all time. In fact, LA Confidential was on a list. Uh, that was on uh, greatest novels of all time. Greatest novels to read before you die, I think. No, it was just greatest novels. So I was planning on reading 100 books within a year, but this is May and that year has come up and I'm not even close. But a lot of it has to do with what's been going on in the world. It's kind of stopped me from reading as much as I used to. But I'm going to continue reading anyway. And with that said, we go to the next book, In Cold Blood. 
And that took me like two months to read because again of everything going on. This also was on a list. It was on New York City Public Library's 125 Books We Love. So In Cold Blood was written by Truman Capote and it was published in 1966. Now, again, another crime novel, but this one's different in that it is a true story. So this is a nonfiction book, meaning it's based on a true story. So in the late 50s, in 1959, there was a family in Kansas. Uh, the, uh, what the hell are they called? Cutlers. Cu cutters. Clutters. Clutters. It would help if I could read. The Clutters. And they were a farm family. They owned a farm in Kansas. And Mr. Clutter was, uh, was considered a prominent member of the community. And he was uh, rich by most standards. Rich or wealthy. Hardworking man. I had a family, he had one son and three daughters. And at the time, two of his daughters had already moved out. So he was living with his wife, his son, his youngest son, and his youngest daughter, his youngest child, which was his son and his youngest daughter. Well, one night, they were all murdered in their house. And it shocked the community. In fact, it shocked the state. And more or less, I don't really know if it shocked the country but i think it was news at one point for the country but it really did shock more the community the county and the state so real this is a true story and police were baffled they didn't really have much evidence they don't really know who did it they have like partial footprints you know partial shoe prints and Truman Capote was a real, you know, he was an author, writer, columnist. And he had heard about the story and he decided to travel from New York to Kansas. And he chronicalized this whole thing. And the way that he writes this book, it's like he writes it as a fiction book. It's like he writes it as A novel, a regular novel, like not even real, because he, he put so much insight into the victims, the criminals, uh, the, the police, everybody. He details so much. It's like, it's separated by three, three chapters. So the first chapter focuses on family, what happened before they died. And then it uh, focuses on the criminals. And then the second one, focuses on what happened after the crime and then the third and then finally the third chapter is more about well not the chapters like the the third part of the book first part second part third part the third part's more about how they were caught and what happened to them after spoiler alert they were executed so yeah he he put capote put so much so much research and effort into this book and you see it you know, from page one. I mean, all the detail that he put and, and the things that he learned about the family, what they liked, what their hobbies were, what kind of people they were. And he doesn't do it in a way where it looks like a journalist telling a new story. It just, it's a story. You have to remind yourself reading it that it's real. 
because again, he puts so much effort into it, into it, and it almost doesn't look real or seem real. So, uh, in a nutshell, you know, the, the Kansas, uh, the federal department, basically feds or Kansas feds, they have no idea who it was. And the point is a crime like this didn't usually happen in 1959. So that's one of the reasons why people are baffled because crimes are usually committed by people you know. And this didn't seem like anyone who knew the Clutter family. But the, again, it, it rocks the town, it rocks the county because they all think it has to be somebody the Clutter family knew. And they're convinced, they start to get paranoid. They start to feel like they have to close their doors, you know, because this is a time where everyone knew everyone. No one was a stranger. No one was afraid of anyone. They were still leaving their doors unlocked. But this starts to get them paranoid. You know, uh, they start talking about curfews. They start talking about being at home and closing your doors and being afraid of one another because they think they might be next. Not realizing, not realizing that this is just a, a isolated incident. So we eventually meet the two guys who committed the crime, uh, Dick and uh, Dick and Perry. And they're interesting people because again, they're so nuanced, they're so complex that they could almost be fictional characters, but they weren't, they were real people. Perry was uh, half Irish and half Native American, and he was short, and he had an accident, car accident, so it like mangled up his legs. So I think he like walked funny. And he had a lot of issues. He had a lot of anger issues. He almost had like a Napoleon complex where he didn't like tall people because he was so short. He was very bitter and angry about the abuse that he held uh, from nuns when he was in a orphanage. And so he was constantly trying to prove himself and trying to show that he wasn't a runt, basically. You know, he was trying to like fight that image of being a runt. And then Dick was like the opposite of him. Whereas Dick wanted more. I mean, he like wanted to go to college and his parents couldn't afford it. They were poor. And he always had a chip on his shoulder that somebody else had better than he did. And it feels like Dick could never be happy. So they go to commit this crime. Dick gets a tip from, they're both, they're both repeat criminals, hardened criminals. And Dick gets wind of this clutter family having a lot of money. So him and, and Perry decide that they're gonna go and, and rob and murder this family. But later on in the book, way later in the book, you realize that they didn't get any money and that they murdered this family pretty much for nothing. And the idea is to go to Mexico. So they end up going to Mexico anyway with what little they got from the robbery and the murder. And Dick is just not happy. Dick is not happy with wherever they go or whatever they do. 
He's a mechanic by trade, so he tries to get a job and he realizes that he can't get paid very well in Mexico. So they're like, that's it, we're leaving. They leave in Mexico and then go to California and they go to uh, back to Kansas and they don't get caught when they go back to Kansas. And then he's like, okay, I want to leave. And then they go to Florida and then they go to Florida and then he's not happy in Florida. So then they go to Vegas and that's eventually where they get caught. Because eventually the person in the prison who told Dick about the plan, he ends up coming out and telling the cops, like, look, I, I knew the clutters. I liked the clutters. I had no problem with the clutters. But I had told my story about working for the clutters to this Dick. And I think that he, you know, and, and he was very obsessed with this family, having money and all. And I think that Dick is the one who did it. So then the cops looked into it. And it turned out they were suspects. They were suspects at one point, and then they were looked deeper and deeper, and then they had those partial footprints, and they picked them up, and eventually they just started squealing. You know, their, their friendship wasn't very strong. And Dick was the kind of person that pushed him to shove. He was not really much of a fighter. He was a talker. And he saved his own ass. Perry was bitter and he had big chips on his shoulders. So eventually he wanted Dick to take the fall with him. But then eventually Perry just admits that he's the one that killed him. And that Dick just orchestrated and had the idea to kill him. But they go to trial, they get death, and they try to appeal. Dick especially tries to appeal because he feels like he got the death penalty for not actually murdering anyone. It did seem like they didn't have a uh, fair trial. The jury were all people who came from the, the county. They all knew about the murder. Uh, the judge knew the Clutter family. They didn't have the best representation. So I don't think they got a fair trial. But on the other hand, they did do it. I mean, there was plenty of evidence. And they had Perry admitting that they did it. And you know what? If Dick got life, he's an accomplice. It was his idea. Not life, uh, death. Hey, you can get life or death without actually committing the murders, especially if you came up with the idea and you helped. Also, Dick was a fucking rapist and he was gonna rape one of the women and Perry told him no. So I just feel like Dick was constantly like, I didn't do anything. Yeah, but you're worse than Perry is in some ways. Anyway, they, they both hung or hanged they hanged. I think the, the proper term is hanged. They both hanged. They hanged. Whatever. And uh, it was a good book. It's a good book. There's a lot of detail. It's not that many pages. I don't know if I said 343. So it's really not that many pages, but there's a lot of detail. And uh, 
the town, the county especially, is its own character because we meet all these people in the town and we get their point of view. We get their, what they think happened. And of course, it's funny, like, they're still paranoid even after the two guys are caught because they can't fathom that whoever killed the clutters didn't know them because they're just convinced that it was a personal thing, a vendetta. You know, and when the two guys get to the home, they realize that Clutter doesn't have a safe. So they fucking committed this murder for nothing. And then after it happens, there are other copycat murders that it's suggested that maybe other murders are committed to just in similar fashion because this became somewhat popular. But I think at the time it was somewhat unheard of for an entire family to be annihilated for nothing or for money. You're not personal. Because I said, like, usually crimes this brutal or this violent, it's usually a personal nature. And that's still rules, you know, that's still true today. Um, but yeah, it was it was a a noodle scratcher for the for the police for a long time for months. I think they they went. I think they committed the crime on uh, Thanksgiving, and they weren't caught until the next April or May. So they were they were on the lam, as they say, for a long time. Uh, there's also a lot of detail after they're caught because they're get put into death row and there are other death row inmates who are kind of popular in their own right. And they ended up uh, researching them because one of them was another person who killed his family. Well, he killed his family. So he knew his family. He killed his mother and he killed his father and he killed his sister. Shot them point blank. He was an interesting character, even though there's just a little bit about him. But how how he wanted a new life, so he wanted money, so he killed his family. But because he had a detachment from life or from anything, he was pretty much a sociopath, he had trouble convincing the cops he didn't do it. And that had a lot to do with the cops coming and him pretending that he was away when the murders happened and just his nonchalant attitude about the murder of his mother and father. I mean, the cops right away didn't believe him. And there are other inmates in, in the death row. So that gets very interesting. Like you think they go to death row and that's it. They just sit in the cell and stew in their juices. But there's other things that happen because other characters, real people come in and out. And then you get a little bit of an explanation for them. So it was a very good book. Uh, it's just a little, maybe a little bit too detailed, but when you think about what Capote had to go through to get those details, I mean, shit, the crime happened in 59 and the book didn't come out until 66. It took him years to write this fucking thing. And then I read that their appeals stopped him from finishing the book. Anyway, speaking of which, this a book has been turned into three different movies. So 
the first movie was called In Cold Blood and it was made into 1967. So it was like a year or two after the book was came out. And uh, it stars Robert Blake. No one knows who that is, but he was a TV actor who became a murderer in real life. He got, uh, he got set free though, because his trial was, they didn't find him guilty. And Scott Wilson, who played Dick, Scott Wilson is famous for being in uh, The Walking Dead. He played Herschel. Uh, so it was, I remember seeing this a long time ago and they don't talk about, so, so Capone really got familiar with the killers and sort of became their friends. At least he became Perry's friend. And that's obviously omitted from the movie. But two other movies were made about it and that was really more about Capote. So the first one is obviously called Capote, starring Philip Seymour Hoffman, won the Academy Award for it. The second movie was made called Infamous, I believe, which I don't know why I'm not seeing. And that was also about Capote's uh, relationship with the criminals and excuse me, trying to trying to write the book. Uh, but you know, again, that's a little Hollywoodized. You're supposed to believe that Capote falls in love with Perry as he's talking to him. Because Perry was a real tragic figure and very complex, more so than Dick. He was more complex than Dick. And just because he had a nurturing side, but at the same time was very, very violent and very, very angry. He grew up in a terrible home life. I mean, his mother and his father split and his mother got custody of all the kids. And she was a horrible drunk and an abuser. And he wanted to be with the father where all the other kids wanted to be with mom. So he resented them for still wanting to be with mom. Then when his, he had two sisters and a brother. And then when, his, when everyone became adults, his oldest sibling his brother killed himself killed his girlfriend and himself and then his sister fell out of a balcony window and died ultimately killing herself so and and yeah so his life was not the best and not to say that that's an excuse but just saying he's a very interesting character to read about Anyway, what else? Uh, this says that uh, there was another novel. Oh, there, so there's, there was another murder. I, I mentioned that there was another family murders that happened and it's alluded to that it might have been a copycat because it was very similar circumstances. So I don't think that was ever solved. And that happened when uh, Dick and Perry were on the run. And so they never admitted to it. But there's been rumors that they might have committed it. Maybe more than, more than just rumors. But Perry actually mentions it in the book when it happens. He says to Dick, watch them try to pin this on us. And then when they get caught, 
they're asked about it and he says to the cops no we didn't do it we were in the same area at the time but i told dick watch them try to pin it on us but still today it's still unsolved and i think they still believe it might have been dick and perry uh let's see what did i give this episode uh, i mean book what did i give 4.5 out of 5 i really did enjoy it but again i think it might be a little bit too a little bit too uh too much detail also the fact it took me two months to read so i had to put that little factor in there but that would do it episode 16 once again please like subscribe comment and if you're listening to this on anchor or spotify or apple music podcasts whatever you listen to like and do whatever you do and keep join our facebook group YouTube is Gamerish Network on YouTube. Uh, I wrote a book called Champ the Misanthrope of the Year. I'm just put that link. Just put that link on the bottom. I'll put that link to the book on the bottom. I don't know why. Didn't do that before. Every all every everything we have Facebook, Anchor, uh, Discord will link on the bottom. Uh, so yeah, so keep reaching for those stars, reading is fundamental, and be nice to each other. Almost. Almost everybody.